Yo, Billy, you know what's awesome? What's that, man? Fantasy adventure flicks, yo. Yes, yes, yes. So, not that I needed the inspiration, but since we were discussing Phantasm, the director's only other claim to fame is Beastmaster. And so obviously it popped up on my Amazon when it's like, oh, well, you've been, you've been paying attention. So here's, here's some Beastmaster. Well, I didn't, I don't need an excuse to watch Beastmaster. Right. Uh, Beastmaster is, is, is awesome. And it's like we we mentioned, Ellie, you can, you can have your, your discussion about varying quality of cinema as it were, but at the end of the day, Beastmaster is now and has always been awesome i mean it's just it's a fun movie um it doesn't try to be anything that it's not and what it is it kicks up to 11 like it really is just it's a great fantasy movie especially whenever you're like talking early 80s special effects and you know but it's it's really got it's really got everything and um like i don't think like Today on Scary Dad, we discussed, we did an hour and a half long show about remakes, the the, the good, the bad, and the ones you should never touch. You know, Beastmaster right. is one that, you know, I don't think it could do with a remake because there's just kind of a weird sort of innocence about it right? that, that um, you you wouldn't be able to recapture that magic. It's just something there that, that makes it such kind of a crappy movie be so awesome. Yeah, I, so, I think we, we might have touched on it before, but Beastmaster is really Conan light, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's a more uh, acceptable version of Conan for a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, which is right at the point when I saw this was I was at that age. So um, it was the perfect movie. And I kind of, when we were texting back and forth, this was my go-to at this time, man. I loved these kind of movies, man. Um Beastmaster was really up there on the list, and uh, I, I never get tired of it. Uh, it's 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 got a magic to it that I, I always want to give credit to Coscarelli for it because it's almost that same wonderment that he had for the Phantasm thing that he carried over into Beastmaster, mm-hmm. just like the ring with the eye in it. And I mean, there's all these freaky things that are in Beastmaster. But it's 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 that a thing. It's that gateway horror thing, right? It's a, it's a little scary, but not too scary, except hmm. for the fact that except for the fact that Rip Torn is throwing children into a burning fire. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a lot of actual true horror elements. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff in there that I mean, I was I was surprised because you know I've this is not there's a lot of movies that I saw when I was a kid. Saw it a lot lot when it was like on HBO, and then you know it skipped 20 years. Yeah. This is not one of them. I've watched Beastmaster at least once every few years for as long as it's been out. Cause it's just one of those that I love. It's just, it's, it's one of those, it's a core part of me because when you had Beastmaster, you know, like there was, it was not too far off from He-Man. You right. know what I mean? Like they look the right. same and there's this, the sword and the sorcery sort of thing. And you know, they, yeah. they've got, they've got real magic in it. Um, you know, he's he's actually talking to the animals he can see through their eyes um so there's there's so much 
it, there's, there's a lot packed into it and it doesn't, um, when I say there's the innocence, it's like, it's not cynical. It's not, it's not, and I, you know, it's an extreme example, but it's like, it's not army of darkness where it's self-aware right. and like, Oh, right. you know, I'm just around all these peasants and they're weirdos. And I'm just going to, you know, cause there's a lot of movies like, like the remake of clash of the Titans was like that where it's yeah. like kind of self-aware and, you know, cynical. And it's like, no, I like the wonder. I like the fantasy. I like that. You know, we can do a whole show on clash of the Titans. Cause that was, Me that too, was another man. one that was just absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping we would at least bring it up in this conversation because it's, <laughs> it is by far this, you know, that Beastmaster uh, to me, you can't find a better example of, of just that escapism that mm-hmm. those movies had. You know, and, and I was surprised again that it was like, it was only PG. Like, yeah. I, I mean, what movie was it that started the PG 13, you know, but um, Red Dawn. So uh right like, down should have seriously been rated r but they <laughs> but but um you know like red dawn gremlins those sort of things where it's like oh it's a pg movie and you're like dude gremlins is yeah. gremlins is rough <laughs> gremlins yeah. um gremlins if they were going for horror light they failed because it's yeah it's full it's- on horror it just doesn't have a whole lot of blood in it you know right um but beastmaster has some chill like terror well yeah. And it doesn't just have one what? pair of boobs. It's got two. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, not only do you get to see Tanya Roberts and, and all of her glory, uh, <laughs> you get the witches that are running around with no shirts on, too. And it's just yeah. like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, the, the, like everything about it, again, you know, watching it, watching it anew, I felt like I was a little kid again. You know, yeah. when, like whenever he leaves, like they attack his, his village and, uh, you know, that that's all gets messed up. And then he's just like running across the mountains, being strong yeah. and swinging his sword around. And you're just like, dude, this is this dude's about he, he's badass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't yeah. seen him be badass. He's not like Conan where he's pushing the wheel and you see him growing up. Like he just goes from little kid to, you know, to grown yeah. up. And he's badass. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love it, man. Uh, and and who didn't want to be able to have animals as your partners, right? I mean, look at look at the advantages he had, you know, being able to see through the hawk's eyes and and having the, the tiger again, like you said, the whole he-man thing. There's mm-hmm. battle cat, right? Kodo and Poto, right? And, dude, those are the coolest sidekicks. Yeah, like what kid didn't want ferrets? I think I think the fair like when when pe- people our age got old enough to be able to to command like I will have ferrets because the first time I actually saw a ferret in a pet store I was like young adult I was like 18 or 19 yeah. and the first thing I thought of was like beastmaster like the reason <laughs> the reason these are here is because enough kids saw beastmaster that now they're buying them and taking them home as pets yeah. and they're grown ups now so their parents can't say no you know <laughs> very true so i mean you got tanya roberts you know being the the good looking lady you got action sequences that are still fantastic you got wishery you got rip torn with a fake nose great <laughs> bad guy You've even got a little S&M with these 
berserker people that they make, right? Those guys, dude, those guys scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like, like they're looking through the, they're like, oh hey, you know, they were creeping through the castle, and they're like, okay, yeah, these <laughs> these guys are really bad. We're just gonna drop this weird like glow stick leech into this guy's ear, <laughs> and then and then just wrap him in blades and just cut him loose, and he's all like, yeah. <laughs> he's just, was, but <laughs> I just think it's so great, like. He is pissed at that ferret. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm gonna get this ferret. He's just like chasing him down the hall. The ferret's like, I got busted open the pipes trying to get to it. You know, it's great, man. Great. Uh, and, and it really, I don't know if this was the first one that I saw. I mean, I want to say maybe I saw Conan first, but this just seemed to resonate a bit more because, again, of the age and it just kind of worked. Uh, I think because there was there was so much spinning around, like I used to get Beastmaster and Conan kind of confused in my head. Like, yeah, you kind of can. I mean, it would be that sort of like you know, uh, for whatever reason, I would I would imagine like Rip Torn drawing the bow and shooting the snake, and it's uh, like it was like that's not there. That's yeah. that that's Darth Vader doing that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but it was still like they like you had had so many things locked together in that in that world that we grew up in that yeah you know but i i mean i think conan it conan too is i mean there's a reason why schwarzenegger got so famous from it it's it's a right. it's an awesome movie it um, holds up too yeah it really but, does the second one not so much not but so much one, but you know yeah. But I, I think, like you said, uh, Beastmaster was more accessible. Maybe it was because it was a little more, it was less less serious. Um, maybe it was a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, well, despite we the say that. We say that, but those darn creatures, man. Those yeah. things were terrible. I mean, these things would grab a person in its wings, basically, and digest your body and just drop the bones on the ground and they kill it i mean that was a kid <laughs> in the cage i mean that was a straight up kid that they're like he's like oh they've got a kid in the cage i'm gonna let him out and they're like slurp <laughs> wow i mean just when you think about that and again I, that that feels like such a and i've, I've said it before such a fulci lucio fulci kind of thing to just be stuck in the middle of this adventure movie you know <laughs> Here's a kid and his tiger, and they've got a good communication. Wait a minute, what's this thing? Right? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well, there's there was a lot of that, like the tar moat. There's just just a lot of stuff that was kind of a visceral thing that was just kind of like you. This 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 world is dangerous. Yeah. Like there's no, I mean, but like I said, like I think though with Conan, like compare and contrasting because obviously Conan's a better film. Yeah. Um, in in general, but I think Beastmaster resonated a lot with us more because it was so far fetched. Whereas yeah. Conan did seem a little bit more based in the real world with some black magic elements. Beastmaster didn't seem like it was he. It would it seemed more of a fantasy world, more right. of a fantasy realm because those bird guys don't they're not real. You know, yeah. you can you've seen snake charmers like there are people who charm snakes and and, and right. have pets. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Conan thing was it was it was more seedy, right? I mean, it was uh, even the people he was around were not good people, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, 
so you're hanging out in a den of, of thieves and and you've been trained to be the ultimate killing machine so it had a little more leanings towards those things where a 12 year old kid likes the idea of he can also talk to animals you yeah. know it's like oh all right yeah <laughs> well and he totally uses the tiger to get the girl which is awesome oh yeah or he's yeah. just Who wouldn't? <laughs> He's like, put up your Dukes, Tiger. Tiger's all like, I'm out. He's like, ha you know, I'm a hero. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like such a, such a me thing to do. You know, like if I was a super muscle bound dude with a kick-ass right. sword and a tiger, I'd... <laughs> I'd and, and to me, I don't know about you, but every time I see Mark Singer in anything, I always think of Beastmaster, right? So mm-hmm. even when he was in V, you know, the TV series, I was like, hey, that's Beastmaster. Well, dude, <laughs> yeah, he was in a serious drama where he played a blind guy. Yeah. And yeah. and that was in rotation on HBO. And I remember used, I used to watch it because it was Beastmaster. <laughs> Beastmaster. <laughs> so and we talked, I mean, we mentioned obviously how violent and disturbing some of these scenes are. But then that brings us to Dragon Slayer, bro. Uh, like that was another one that I watched a lot. And yeah. Dragon Slayer, I haven't watched that in a long time. I've, I mean, it hasn't been like forever, but I hadn't watched it since Game of Thrones was a thing. So it was like probably ten yeah. years or so. Um, but having watched Game of Thrones and seeing Dragon Slayer, I'm like, dude, special effects has not come that far. Because, because man, Dragon Slayer holds up. Yes. I mean, it's it's insane. It's still, to me, it's still the best dragon that's ever been on screen, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it, the thing breathes. I mean, you can, I mean, you can, and you can, and you're gonna. This is a puppet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, this thing is a ILM puppet, and it still blows my mind what they pulled off with this movie. I, why this movie is not held up to such a high regard, I have no idea. To me, it is one of the best fantasy films, period. I, I totally agree. And I remember being blown. You, like, like, I used to believe the dragons were real because of Dragon Slayer. Sure. It's like it, it, it was one of those things where it didn't, it wasn't too much like if dinosaurs were real, it only stands to reason. Maybe they're not real now, but at least they used to be because look at that thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, how, that's yeah. how convincing it was. Like you can't yeah. just make something like that up. Look at it. You know what I mean? And that's, that was my kid logic, but it's, I mean, that was that good of a dragon and the world, and- the world was like you mentioned, the world was dirty. It was yeah. smoky. There's wood, there, there's cooking fires. It's not, Disneyland or whatever, you know, like it's not right. fantasy land. It's it's a real lived in dirty medieval sort of world that made it feel all the more real, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And and also the contrasting story that's going on in all this with you know the the king and and the the raffle that they have to have to appease the dragon. I mean, it's classic folklore kind of stuff. But it's done so well. At, at, it's one of those movies that I, I cannot believe they haven't remade, but at the same time, I'm so glad they haven't remade it because they would ruin it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, well, because too, it is it ex- it is extremely dark. I yeah. mean, even even though it does have like technically a happy ending, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a there's a lot there's of gore. Some, 
there's some rough stuff in this movie that that people just uh, probably just totally forgot about. And you brought it up when we were talking the other day about the baby dragons. And well, well, and that's the thing. What you mentioned. So, <laughs> so what's happened? If you haven't seen Dragon Slayer in a while, um, there's there's a dragon, and in order to appease it, they have to sacrifice somebody. You know, a virgin. Eat. Well, they have to sacrifice a virgin, but they have to sacrifice a person once every however long. And so the king has a raffle and there's a name drawn and they chain up this woman to the, the a cart and they push her down the hill or up the hill to the dragon. And then the dragon comes out and just immolates her, <laughs> yeah. just sets her on fire, just boom. And, um, and she's all pulled like they're, they're pulling on, she's pulling on her uh, handcuffs that are cuffing her to the thing because she don't want to die, even though she's like kind of being yeah. forced, like she is the sacrifice. So she's taken, she's, she's taken one for the team, but, but once she's, once a dragon crawls out of his hole and, and you're like, Oh, this thing's, th this is the real stuff right here. Yeah. Th then she's like ripping her own hands off, trying to get away. Yeah. And yeah. then whew, like, there's no, like, there's no happy ending for that one. Yeah. And, um, so then what happens is you've got a wizard who has up until now kind of kept the dragon at bay. Like, I guess the wizard was the one that organized the, 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 yeah. the sacrifice yeah. and he ends up getting killed. And then the princess finds out that her name has been kept out of the raffle. So she, right. so she steps up, she steps up and takes one for the team. By rigging yeah. the raffle where it's only her name in the raffle. So she's going to get. So you think, oh man, this is one heroic chick right here. Yeah. Certainly she's not going to end up baby dragon kibble. But what <laughs> ends up happening is one of the most more horrific sort of after deaths that you've ever seen. <laughs> and I had forgotten about that because I was yeah. just like. I was like, oh, you know, she's go going down in there to get the scales and yada, yada, yada. And then she steps up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so real looking. Like, yeah. there's, there's, there's entire horror movies that would spend their whole budget to have just this half second of footage of yeah. body parts just kind of getting chomped on by these baby dragons. It's yeah. amazing. And yeah. it's so just like, oh, because you don't really know what happened to her until later. Like, well, she, well, Peter McNichol cuts her free to set her yeah. free because that's he's falling in love with her. Right. That's the whole point of doing this is to slay the dragon and save the princess. And he cuts her free out front. Go about your way. Well, she just goes right into the den on her own. She gives herself up. Yeah. But you don't <laughs> see her. You don't see her die. Right. You don't see her get yeah. burned. So yeah. you don't know if she's going to come out like riding the dragon or something, you know, like <laughs> you, you don't know what's, you know, like you're like, well, that's probably a bad idea, but yeah, you don't see her die. But then you see what happens yeah. later. What's left of her. Yeah. And it's just like, Ooh, <laughs> to me, I don't, know how, I don't know if you're really, really familiar with the uh, Lucio Fulci zombie, but there's a scene where, in the hut when they they the, the girl that gets the splinter in the eyeball and she's laying her on the ground and the zombies are sitting there and they're just pulling pieces off of her and eating her it's very reminiscent to that with these baby dragons uh -huh. this princess and it's just like 
how much more horror can you get than than this scene? I mean, it, it's amazing. And what's great about it? Uh, there's so many great things about Dragon Slayer. It's a reason that it's on the very first episode of Hell Ming. I mean, we knew <laughs> we knew going into that that you know, and the other movie I'm going to bring up a little bit was on the first episode, but so much great stuff happens in this movie even with the wizard because he's kind of has a, he has this obi-wan kenobi thing right mm-hmm. you strike me down i'll become greater than you ever imagined that kind of thing but when peter mcnichol finds the princess dead and he kills the baby dragons the reaction that the mama has is to me it's just as equivalent as when Christopher Reeve or when Superman rips the door off of Lois Lane's car and she's dead and he holds her for a while, you see him have that breakdown and then he just mm-hmm. goes and takes off. That's that dragon coming down that hallway after, mm-hmm. after they killed the babies. And it's always just chilled me when I saw that because I was like, oh, it is on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, because he did, he it was kind of kind of like, you know, Clash of the Titans or whatever, where he's like, okay, well, I've got my, I've got my shield, I've got my special <laughs> spear, you know, like yeah. I've got my spells, I, I, you know, I've got my 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 magic rock, <laughs> a little amulet, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go kick some ass, and then Dragon's like, no, you're not, <laughs> and Dragon just tears, just wrecks oh, shop. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's yeah. she's she's not nice, and uh, it was again watching watching this is just. Well, what was great too, and I mean, just a couple little Easter eggs, because I said I'm surprised that, especially given Game of Thrones and the popularity of it, um, like <clears throat> the main bad guy in Dragon Slayer is named Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah. And the main good girl is named Valerian. And you go, what's Valerian? Valerian <laughs> was a country in Game of Thrones. It was, uh, right. it was, it was Valerian wine and Valerian steel. So that was no accident. Right. You know, like, like, yeah. Martin took those names directly out of Dragon Slayer. And uh well, also the uh the Americanized Matthew Broderick version of Godzilla it pulls from this movie as well. I don't care what anybody says, but the whole idea of the babies running around and they kill the babies and Mama Godzilla reacts, it's mm-hmm. identical to what happens in this movie. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs, Game of Thrones type stuff. Up to, I mean, the, the dragon looks almost identical when it's flying oh, it's... to the Game of Thrones dragons. I mean, it's yeah. and again, the 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 animation style that they had to do the stop motion almost like it was an it was literally animation, but they Mary Poppins did so like however it was that they did it, it it works. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks it looks real, especially when they're flying against silhouettes, you know, flying across yeah. the moon and stuff. I mean. And I'm sitting watching this on an on on a, on an early edition VHS with the little tracking problems and being like, "This is brilliant! Like this is amazing!" <laughs> well, to tell you how big of a fan I am, I actually have a fan remaster where a fan went and remastered the movie because it never got a remaster when they released it. Even for DVD, it still looks like the VHS. Mm-hmm. And these fans have got their hands on it and did a you know, just cleaned it up, made it look great. So I've got a copy of that laying around here somewhere, but that's how much of a fan of Dragon Slayer I am. I just, I would love to see a 4K remastered. You know, the weird thing is it's a Disney Lucasfilm collaboration, which means that somebody somewhere ought to get, 
start working on it because it it really is i mean again those one of those that i watched a lot when i was a kid and again i yeah. i mean i full-on believed in dragons straight up because i mean even mandalorian pretty much like knocked off uh dragon slayer here recently sure. because the, sure. the, the the way that the dragon dies was kind of similar to what he what uh uh yep. the mandalorian did and then all the people are down there like stripping the meat and, and the gore oh, and yeah. stuff off of the dead dragon that's what they're doing <laughs> in dragon slayer yeah. too it's like almost scene Absolutely. for scene i'm like wow um so and that's a disney lucasfilm thing too so <laughs> it's, it's like they you know they like they have their source material they're just man but yeah dragon dragon slayer is awesome so yeah. What was your next? I mean, we've we've touched on Clash of the Titans. We don't. I mean, um, well, it'll take us all and, night, but yeah, I can go on forever. I mean, Clash of Titans to me, I mean, it, it's it's the end of an era, right? Because I definitely grew up on the Harryhausen Sinbad movies. Clash of the Titans was the last hurrah, right? Mm -hmm. And possibly the best when you look at the effects in that one versus the other movies. Man, I mean, Clash of Titans still looks pretty dang wonderful. Uh, I just, I love that movie to the nth degree. I, I don't think you can not have a conversation about these kind of movies and not bring it up. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing is I remember when, when, when I first saw it, I mean, just being blown away. And once again, when you don't have CGI, whenever it, things are stop motion, especially in a house area, you, like you don't, you don't see the choppiness in it until, right. until later yeah. when you're, when you're growing up and you're looking at it after a long since of separation. But um, clash of the Titans is one of those that Scott and I have talked a lot about that. Like if you wanted to deploy CGI properly, you wouldn't yeah. remake clash of the Titans. What right. you would do is you would, digitize the existing Advanced. clash of the titans yep. and kind of clean up some of the the choppiness of the motion but leave harryhausen's original work intact yep. and yep. just like add some stuff between the frames so that it yep. moves a little bit but man medusa to me is still one oh, yeah. of the most horrifying villains on tv that's ever been rendered um <laughs> everything about it the the witches with the eye you know, they all seeing. Oh, they're arguing just, about it. Like, give, yeah. give it to me, give it to me. You know. Yeah. I mean, the 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 you know the just everything about it, man. It's just great. Uh, yeah, uh, another Helming episode for sure. I, I know we covered that <laughs> movie because that's just another love. But I want to bring up Crawl, man. I love me some Crawl. See, Crawl's one I need to revisit because I used to watch that a lot when I was a kid, and I haven't watched it in probably twenty years. But it's dude. It's 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 so fantastic. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of brings you back to that Beastmaster thing to where it's so beyond the normal that you just buy into it. But there's some really, really dark stuff in that movie, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember I remember the glaive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the 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 everybody wanted one of those. It, like, it's amazing because I mean, look how impressed we were by it, right? Because we grew up in that ninja star age, right? So this is like the ultimate ninja star that you can control, and it isn't being like the most worthless. Yeah, tool. It, didn't, it was neat looking, but it didn't really do much. <laughs> well, I mean, he went into a volcano and reached his hand down in lava to get this thing, and he throws it and it sticks into the monster and it's like, yeah, it just, uh, it's like stabbing the monster with a toothpick. It didn't really yeah. do much. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that it was not very good. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but as far as as far as the movie itself, man, it, it's it's still very visually striking, man. It's it's got its own look. Those slayers, man. I used to think those were the most wicked looking things. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you hit them in the head and the head is split open and that slimy slug thing would come out and go barreling down in the ground. How do you top that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 See, and that's it's again, nightmare. I haven't, I haven't seen it in so long, but you're, you're mentioning these things and I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was some scary stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, you had the whole shapeshifter thing, right? Because you had the, the seer, you know, the old, old blind guy that was leading them where they need to go. And then you find out that, They've replaced him with a changeling and he's got the, just, he opens his eyes and they're just jet black. There's nothing in them. Just scary as <laughs> everything, man. Uh, yeah. Revisit crawl, man. I, mean, I, I, I need to, now that you're mentioning, I'm like, yeah, I need to go back and cause that was, that was one that was on a lot. Yeah. And like, I remember cause I'd get sticks and like, I remember my dad one time, cause I got, I got, uh, there was two, there was like, got a stick that was kind of S shaped and I taped them together and made the, made the glaive. <laughs> and my dad's like, why are you making swastikas in the yard? And I, <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's not dad. It's a little throwing, throwing star thing. <laughs> so my, my buddy RJ, which I know he'll listen to this because this is his kind of bag, but he's gotten into making movie props, like guns and all that stuff from, from famous movies. And he actually has made a glaive. Oh, wow. And uh, he's also made one of the axes that one of the uh, one of the bad guys, not one of the bad guys. He's, he's one of the prisoners that ends up helping uh, fight the bad guys. And it's a very distinct looking axe. If you probably don't remember this either, but Liam Neeson's in Kroll. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, I definitely need to go back and check that out. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all, man. It, it, I, rem- I think like- it still holds up. I, I mean, I never disliked it. I remember liking it yeah. a lot when I was a kid. I just, it's been one of those that I just haven't, um, it's like, <laughs> I, I think you'll like it even more now. I bet you. We're going to, we're going to do an episode here, you know, about Canadians because uh, I was watching uncle Buck the other day <laughs> and we, we've been talking about Rick Moranis since day one, but today I got uh, a, a sealed copy of strange brew. Like, oh, I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> But I'm like, dude, we got like, I'm going to watch that. And we'll talk about that in a couple of days. Cause I haven't seen strange brew probably since like Wayne's world. So early nineties. Wow. Yeah. Cause man, I've, I've seen that so many times. I mean, I don't even have to see it. I can walk you through it. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, dude, I'm excited. Cause I remember love it. Like it, it's just one of those movies. It's so dumb that you just yeah. like, it's just so hilarious. Yeah. And I, I can't help it. Like going back and watching something stuff like ghostbusters. It's like yep. I always love Ghostbusters, but like you always had a favorite in either like like Bill Murray, you know, like you had it, you had, and then like as an adult, I'm like, nope, Rick, Rick Moranis, <laughs> right? Just take takes that movie and runs with it. And if you don't think yeah. so, watch it and then just pay attention to every scene he's in. Right. If he's not in it, he's not stealing yep. it. But if he's in it, yep, it's his completely. And it's so awesome. So yeah, like going back and revisiting these movies that you haven't seen in forever. It's like, I remember a lot of stuff, but probably not enough to talk about it well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I need to need to go back and see Kroll. So oh, we'll yeah. revisit Without that. Doubt. Well, where are we? Are we going to get, are we going to get booted? I don't know what the timing is. 
It usually, <laughs> it, it usually has a little thing up here, but this time's not telling me. It'll just, it'll, it'll tell me, I guess. Um, so what else? What's next on your list? Uh the sword and the sorcerer, which we also covered on Hail Ming. You remember that one? I, I'm thinking Sword in the Stone in by the Disney movie. Nah, but nah, this no. is Sword and the Sorcerer. This is where it's Lee Horsley, and he's got a sword. It's got three blades on it, and he can hit a button, and two of them will project and like shoot and stab people. But the thing about that movie is the bad guy, which is Richard Mull, I think. Wow. They bring him. <laughs> they bring him back from the dead, and he's. Some, he's the sorcerer and he's covered in just blood and stuff and scary looking man i'm telling you the, the the first 10 minutes of that movie is i mean it's straight up horror movie stuff because he even they ask him about his powers and he looks at a girl across the room or i think it's actually a dude and he just does his hand like out like this and just pulls the dude's heart out from across the room oh wow <laughs> <laughs> like i'm pretty badass <laughs> oh it's i tell you what man it's it's right up there man it's it's one of those it's it's got a little bit of lag in it but i highly recommend uh, sword and the sorcerer i'll have to check that one out because I, my next one i was going to go to was willow um, oh man yeah willow was one of those that i mean first of all the casting is awesome like just the, the the movie itself is just great, but oh, yeah. the the costuming in that, like the the bad guy with the skull mask, absolutely. And, and Val Kilmer was was like at the top of his game right then. Yeah, like there was no, I mean, and and you know later on they you know he was he he did a lot of stuff. Val Kilmer is awesome, you know, mm-hmm. but that was that was whenever he was still coming up. Like he was he he hadn't hit he hadn't hit peak Val Kilmer yet. He was on his, but right. It was so good, yep. you know? And then of course, yep. War- Warwick Davis is just yep. killing it. You know, Joe and Whaley. <laughs> it was such, I mean, Willow was one of those that like, it was, it was a fantasy movie whenever they were kind of starting to peter out. Like that yeah. was, and it was kind of like, Oh, these things are still good. Like you can still have fun with this sort of uh, this thing, and uh, look at look at where we're at. I mean, we're about to have a whole series based off of it again. Mm-hmm. So you know, and so there's people that go, "Hey, remember how good Willow was?" I mean, yeah. so it's 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 still an impressive movie. Yeah, and yeah, I just got a copy of it not too long ago. I'm ready to go jump back in because, like you said, when whenever it was, uh, you know. Just the way these things work, you know, like I always love Beastmaster, but I I was brought back to Beastmaster by way of Phantasm and then just like, oh, yeah, Beastmaster is awesome. Well, now I want to watch Dragon Slayer. Like it was just like I used to watch these things like almost interchangeably. And then I'd get Beastmaster combined with Conan, you know, and like so I've got Conan over there. I need to pop back in and, you know, do you want to live forever? Still amazing. Still amazing. Um, I mean, just. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about it because there's that it was that whole movement, right? And then you had all your knockoff movies, your tour movies, and that tour, and all these other things. There's a lot of them that I really just kind of skipped over. Mm-hmm. 
because I felt like I'd already seen the ones that I was going to like. <laughs> no, totally. Like I'm, I'm right there with you in that, you know, it's like you, you do have, like you said, varying quality, like Conan two. Yeah, that's so good. Um, but the yeah. first one, you know, like you can't, you yeah. can't judge the second one by the first because the first one's amazing. Right. And uh, dude, when, when homeboy cuts off his mom's head, like that scene yeah. that, that cin- cinematically where it's just like in that slow motion and you think yeah. for a split second that he's going to let her go, but then he yeah. doesn't. And then just like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, that's Oh, heart crushing, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that movie is still, I mean, well, we, I don't think we'd have any of these movies if it were, wasn't for the success of Conan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really made everybody want to start making those kind of movies because it was done so well. De Laurentiis, man. Yo, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that thing, right? Because it's always a shot in the dark with De Laurentiis, but he nailed it on that one. Well, I think, too, it's kind of like with the canon movies. It's like, well, you know, just give it a shot and see what happens. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, look at, if you look at his lineup, he didn't specialize in damn near anything he just kind of was like huh hey you think we could sell this sure all right let's <laughs> let's, let's let's do it but yeah, yeah man i mean and outside of the movies i just when i was a kid the you know because star wars you know it was space fantasy but it's still sword and sorcery right. and then you Absolutely. have you know like again you know he man pretty much the only thing that got me out of that world was gi joe's and but Dude, I was so big into He-Man, you know, yeah. like I used to get two belts, you know, and tie them around. And like, I had the, I had the stuff, like I had the toys, you know, the, the actual dress up stuff, but you know, it's like I'd tie two belts and I'd carry around, you know, I'd have a stick stuck, stuck in as a sword. Um, yeah. I used to like swing my, swing my uh, lightsabers or sticks or whatever around and get that sound that you get oh, from, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, I, I, I was I was little mini He-Man or little mini yeah. Beastmaster. And, you know, I, there were so many of us that were like that. I mean, no, nobody would look at a kid, you know, swinging a sword in his front yard and be like, look at that little weirdo. No way, man. <laughs> like go down there and like bat and fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was a whole different fantastical world, you know? Yeah. And, and you have to, I mean, let's, let's get real about it. If it wasn't for Lord of the Rings and that whole concept, even Star Wars mm-hmm. would be what Star Wars is. Because you look at those characters and you're going, yeah, that's that's the fellowship of the ring. I mean, that's what these people are. Yeah. And so, you know, you can trace it all the way back to that. That and go back to your Sinbad stories. You know, that's that's where all this, this stuff comes from. You know, uh, the Arabian Nights, all that kind of good stuff. And it's weird that it's all kind of captured in this one little point in the eighties and it just kind of disappeared. I mean, they tried cannon tried right with Ferrigno doing the Hercules stuff in mm-hmm. the late eighties, which were, you know, not good. <laughs> well, I think, I think in order to like the lightning in the bottle sort of situation, I think you've got, you've, you've kind of got this confluence of you can make an effective fantasy movie without special effects. Right. 
it's just yeah. how, how much magic that you actually want to put in there, but you can right. use, you can use literal smoke and mirrors to get your, your point across on a lower budget site like space movies not so much like you you need green screens and you need models and you need costuming and robots and little blinky lights and yeah. that kind of stuff whereas you can you can shoot a fan an effective fantasy movie in the desert or in the mountains yeah. or you know in a cave so you you have a lot more options if you're going to make a fantasy movie about like okay what what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to build it? There's a lot of castles that you can rent to film in a castle if you need to. Right. Right. But the eighties were this place where it's like, okay, we've, we've got that set piece in California that every Western and every space movie that was ever made, that's yep. just where we film. Um, but now we've got some ILM stuff via star wars and disney that we can kind of add to the mix and you know that sort of thing so you had this experimental phase i think where they were actually still trying to make good movies they weren't just special effects you know but the special effects were like okay we got to be real careful because we've got one shot at this and if it doesn't work then we have to cut the whole scene but the special but the special (laughs) effect well what i mean but the special effect didn't define the movie it wasn't a special effects extravaganza (laughs) is what i mean is like well you've heard those movies where there's like well like what was it canon did somebody posted the other day it was right after our canon episode came on it was like like cyborg 2 that was a (laughs) canon film that was that was a sequel to cyborg but instead it was a dis carded screenplay that was not finished for a sequel to masters of the universe <laughs> using using a set that they built for a masters of the universe se- sequel but for whatever reason they couldn't get the licensing to do the, the masters of the universe sequel so they just made this he- something else he-man-esque movie and and set it in this he-man set so like why wouldn't they call it he-man but they couldn't because of licensing yeah. But those are the sorts of things where it's like if we if like you say that that one scene blew the whole budget for Masters of the Universe and therefore yeah. like that whole franchise died with that one scene. Yeah. Um, because they were trying to make a special effects extravaganza. <laughs> What's funny too is you go back and you watch some of these, I don't want to say lower grade, but some of these other movies that were trying to do the adventure film, the fantasy film and you know, it's supposed to be back in these medieval times or whatever, fantasy times, and a guy builds a bamboo hang glider. Yeah. <laughs> and while he's flying, he's flying over this big open field, but you can see tire tracks where a truck's been out there. You know, it's just <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't know if we just overlooked and didn't see that or. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, like Spartacus and their watches and stuff. <laughs> love these movies and to me it had a direct effect to which is the other thing i was kind of bringing up i I loved this morphed for me into the ragtag team the a team scenario right where you know we always talk about uh uh oh what was the movie that we talked about on helming 
but it was uh, like an android and a ninja and a, <laughs> you know <laughs> you, where you group all these people together and make a super fighting team. Dang, oh, I yeah. can't believe I went blank on it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I went blank on it too. But no, you're you're the, it's the eliminators, the eliminators. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, if somehow coming out of these type of movies led me into that whole scenario that I love. You know the the oddball. It's like the bad news bears teaming up together to go save the world. Even you know, and even evil sorcerer or something. You know, or like let's get hairy or whatever. Where it's like, yeah, just a whole bunch of random nobodies. It's like, hey, let's go to South America and fight drug dealers, and they're like. Okay, yeah. let's roll. And the reason it works <laughs> is because even even Conan, look at what he did. He put a ragtag team together. Here's a mm-hmm. guy's pretty good with knives. Here's this woman that's just as tough as I am. And we're gonna go fight a guy that turns into a snake. Hey, let's go. <laughs> and a magician. We got a magician with us, you know. <laughs> so that that scenario, and again, it goes back to Lord of the Rings, putting an unlikely group together to go conquer the most incredible evil. Yeah, it's, something it's the, I dig about that. Well, it's the hero's journey, you know. Yeah. That's that's uh, Joseph Campbell, who's a big writer about mythologies and and you know art archetypes and stuff. And yeah. like, it's funny because there's a there was a museum exhibit many many years ago. It was called the Power of Myth, and it had like Star Wars costuming and it had Joseph Campbell's lectures. And he's talking about basically. So like we've got. As, as a species, we've got this kind of, well, first of all, we like, we like stories. We like communicating and stories kind of form our reality of who we are. And before, before we could communicate with words, we would communicate by acting things out. And we still do that with people whose languages we don't understand. So it's like, oh man, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a tiger coming and you're like, I don't understand you. And you're like, ah. you know, it's like, okay, I understand what that means. So if you put that guy in a costume, it, it resonates. Anybody yeah. knows that a guy dressed as a tiger is either a guy dressed as a tiger or he's supposed to be a tiger. And you, you don't need a whole lot more explanation than to know that he's bad news and he's dangerous. Right. And then when, as you get more sophisticated, then you land on something like Darth Vader where it's like his very right. presence tells you he's bad news like you don't you don't need a lot of backstory you just need to know that he watch out for that guy and then you have different archetypical characters and the archetypes means that you can have varying personalities across this genre but whenever you have like your your hero your hero is generally somebody who is not involved doesn't want to be involved, has no skin in the game, and through no fault of his own gets pulled in. So Lord of the Rings, Luke Skywalker, um, you know. Chief Brody. (laughs) Chief Brody. um, I was going to say, like, not so much Peter McNichol because he was the the apprentice. He signed up for this. Yeah, he was trying to be that person. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Perseus. Like, he's not – he wasn't – he's like, no – well, I guess here we are. You know, Conan, he's the same thing. Like he would have grown yeah. up and been some kind of a farmer if his mom hadn't gotten decapitated and you know yeah. he got put on the yoke. But um, sure did. like there's certain things about these characters, regardless of the 
surroundings that just resonate with us and especially with children because we're like there's good guys and there's bad guys and then there's people like han solo who are good-hearted but just do what they need to do to get by and they're they're an art typical character too and uh you like them all the more because that's the one you really want to (laughs) be yeah the, the older you get that's more who you gravitate towards you know but because as a kid like you said it's good and evil right i mean that's that's the story and that's that's where you're that's where you're at and that's the appeal again i mean even as a young kid watching conan and seeing his mother killed standing there right in front of him you're already on team conan even though you see him becoming what he becomes i mean in in that den fighting all those people raping all the women and stuff and you're still like yeah team conan yep Because no matter how bad he is, he didn't cut off his mom's head. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was somebody else, and Conan needs to get his revenge. I think think the thing just let us go, because we're way over time. Awesome. (laughs) Have you ever heard heard of Circle of Iron? No, I have not. Okay. Circle of Iron, not the best movie. It's basically a story. Uh, David David Carradine plays like three or four characters in it. It's it's kind of like a Conan type movie, but it's a bit more martial arts. Uh, it was on HBO all the time when I was a kid, and it's one of those that I've I've always loved, but I really don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it actually. So. Yeah. That's... Circle of Iron. Yeah, I, I say check that one out too because it has a very Conan type feel, but it's martial arts. I think even Bruce Lee actually helped. It's like one of it was one of his ideas okay. for a for a script, and Carradine ran with it, and uh, it's it's interesting. I, I still like it. Um, Excalibur, man, uh, man. Yeah, I almost have to redo the whole show now because. Excalibur to me might be top, but that's a little different because we are looking at actual King Arthur folklore type thing. True, but I mean, no, Excalibur was certainly um, wow. The thing, the thing is that Excalibur has that was different than than the others because um, if you remember when we were kids, there was no Lord of the Rings. There was only that animated one, and right. you know, Foxy, yeah. But Excalibur, the way it was filmed and the way it plays out, almost seems more like a documentary. Like it's, it does, it doesn't feel like a movie. It feels like yeah. like you're watching a storybook. I guess it's it's yeah. it's, but it feels like it's true. It feels like it's very real. very surreal, beautifully shot. Uh, the the music in it. I mean, it's it's like watching a stage play, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, because these these characters that are in there, they're all stage actors. So you kind of get that. It's very British. It's John Borman. So there mm-hmm. you go. You kind of get that. So uh, the story's not correct, but I really, really love Excalibur. Man. The end part where Morgan's, Morgan oh, is yeah. stabbed and like pulls himself Holy smokes. across the, uh, <laughs> the wow. spear. You're just like, dude, that's got to hurt a lot. There's, some, there's a lot of scenes in Excalibur that are very, very bloody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's i just yeah, remember it's, that one specifically because you're like oh he's yeah. got yeah. and he's just like 
not Wait a minute. quite yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, man well i think i i I went through my list i'm like dude there were so many good stuff well you know you had the sword in the stone the 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 cartoon from disney which we didn't talk much about but like that's a really good that's a king arthur but that's a prequel to pre-arthur pre-king arthur prequel um which was really really good that's another like kind of introduction to to fantasy and then um there was the other one. There was another dark. Was it? It wasn't Sword and Stone. You said mentioned Sword and the Sorcerer. There was yeah. another. There was another dark Disney fantasy. Um, Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron. That was it. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, Disney got pretty dark there for a while. They did, man. <laughs> they really did. I mean, you have to be shocked when you look at Dragon Slayer and you see that you know that you know that this is you know, hep-handedly, you know, created in, in conjunction with Disney, you're like, what were they thinking? Yeah. Well, they just got done with a black hole, so. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah. it's Event Horizon Light. Let's, uh. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. Uh, and, and how about, uh, you got your sci-fi fantasy stuff, too, like, uh, 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 Metal Storm. I don't know if you ever saw Metal Storm, mm-hmm. around, but they all, all kind of had the same feel to them. They're, it's it's fantasy movies, but you got more of a Mad Max type character in it, right? Because okay. you're fighting stuff in, you know, Cherry 2000, all these movies that kind of fit under that Metal, Metal Storm, the, the, what was it, Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Dead or some crap like that. <laughs> I say I say that in passing, but I've seen it several times. <laughs> well, there's a lot of those like that that were just... Jared Sin or whatever the goofy name was. There's a lot of those just like the sci-fi stuff and it's yeah, you know, the fantasy sci-fi. I mean, that was just our world back then. Yeah. You know, it's like why are you guys horror fans? Like Disney. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything we watch had horror elements in it. I mean even, even the stuff that wasn't supposed to did, you know, it was it crap, was pretty- man. Think think about think about what we just talked about with Beastmaster and them putting the little glow in the dark leeches in their ear. Where's the other place you've seen leeches put in here? Star Trek two. Yeah, <laughs> I went to the theater to see Star Trek Two and lost my mind when that happened in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true, man. The, yeah. I mean, well, and that's such. I mean, it's one of those like it's such a violation because the dude's all tied down, and they're like, "Here's the brain-eating, glow-in-the-dark worm." <laughs> like he's just. I mean, he doesn't. T- it doesn't take any time at all for him to just like. Yeah. Ah, I'm over with like this thing's eating yeah. my brain and I'm crazy. Like how much would that suck? I mean, yeah. you're just like, yeah. Oh man. Well, I Good think stuff. I'm going to go try to find crawl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think yeah, that's man. been our, that's that, 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 I think I'm going to call that an episode, dude. That was pretty rad. And they didn't put yeah, us on man. a time crunch. So even better. Um, and I'm sure there's a ton that we didn't talk about because I know there's your Red Sonya. Uh, you know, there was a movie called She, which was the counterpart to Conan. She kind of had her own spinoff kind of thing that they did. You know, there's a there's a ton of these that came out right after Conan. And I'm sure there's ones that were missing. But these, these are the ones that, to me, if you're into this kind of stuff, 
I can't recommend them enough. Yeah. And, and again, that was such that early 80s experimental yeah. phase with all kinds of violence and gore. And they're all like rated G or PG, which is odd. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's it's awesome. <laughs> but uh, cool. Well, I think that's an episode. So we're going to cut it off and we will see you next week. Adios. Adios.